Welcome to Talkin' Star Wars. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Join your hosts, Robin Vogt and Scott Inch, as they explore all aspects. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, Let the Wookiee win. From a galaxy far, far away. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I've been waiting for you all be long. We meet again. It's talking Star Wars. Kind of a special here. I got Mr. Scott Inch sitting across the pond over there. We're talking Star Wars Aftermath Empires End. And we just want to let you guys know, if you're watching us right now or you're listening to us right now on iTunes, that we are going to get into some spoilers territory here when it comes to the book. So if you haven't listened to it on Audible yet or on whatever format that you usually read books, make sure to pause this video or this episode and come back later after you've read the book. Scott and I have been chomping at the bit to talk about this book. And I'm going to throw it right on over to the other side of the pond over there. And I'm going to have Scott lead us off. I mean, this book is just something else. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. Uh, the first part of it was pretty slow. Like, I was taking a bit like build up. I mean, it takes place right after Life Debt. So after the, the attack by the Empire and Life Debt with the... Yep, yep, yep. Um, when Rex has the, the rebels that were captured a chip in her head. So they attacked the Liberation Day parade and all that. So it continues off with that. You see one mother still injured. It's just great. Han, Leia take a back seat in this, this book, which is great. It lets the other characters breathe. And we get to explore a wee bit more with them. Their characters develop, especially Snap. He gets We finally get to see him in an X-Wing because then the Force Awakens, that's what he becomes. There are some nice Easter eggs in this bit which uh near the end of the bitch which had me giddy with glee shall i say about it so i just love this book um how that star destroyer came down the raven is it what was it called yeah, the ravenger yeah the way that was brought down i was like oh it's kind of rogue one a wee bit here but done differently obviously but um Oh man, I I when I told when I told you about it, like it was like emailing you back and forth. I was like, I'd love to see that in a movie. I'd love to yeah. see that in a movie, but we never got it. But yeah, was it a great uh, addition to the the trilogy? Yeah, it kind of there's a new few nitpicks, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a great book. Great book, quite read. I have to say, just to kind of do a really early nitpicky thing here, is that that first aftermath book, I love Chuck Wendig and I love what he did with Life Debt, and then coming into empire's end but that first book was really slow and it was hard to pick up on some of the character progressions early on and i'm just gonna say this chuck if you're listening right now or you're watching this right now bravo bravo with this book you have made a complete 360 and have really made me i'm sure you can attest this scott these characters are now people that i want to now know more about I want yeah. to see more backstory for them. And in terms of their character progression, I still think, I mean, obviously we know about Snap Wexley now. We see where his story progression went. I want to know more about Gallius Rex. I want, or Gallius Rex. I want to know more about what was going on at this time. What would, what did the Emperor know? We only got teased at what his master plan was in this book. Chuck, you got to give us more. You got to tell us something else. And maybe we'll get something at some point, Scott. But I think in terms of the story progression, this book summed up the trilogy beautifully. I was a big fan of the first one. I, the first one took me about a month to read. It was that uh, I just didn't enjoy it. It was, I felt it was all over the place a wee bit. But that's that's my personal opinion of it. Uh, but yeah, he he did great in this book. He got the characters here and there. Sinjor, I would love to have a more of a backstory on Sinjor. I couldn't wait to get through it. 
like his bits coming up in the book, so I love that character. Um, Jazz, Nora, I would love to see more of Nora. Like, I would love to see her pop up in maybe Rebels uh, a wee bit. Uh, Brenton, because he was captured, I would love to see the backstory of how he was captured, which mission was that on. I, there's more we can say, but we're definitely going to have to say it, but this is just a great book. Um, Mom Martha, I'd love the political aspects of the book, because she was up for election again, but a lot of people were not not keen on her because of what happened on Elimination Day. She was losing polls and is it Senator Warhol? Yeah. yeah. He was like against her and he was like when he found out that they, he how he secretly was able to find out about how the Empire was in Jakku, that was great. And he used that against Moth and she had to care it was that sort of thing. I loved that. I don't know what your thoughts on that was like. The political aspect of this book was tremendous. It is what we've been looking for in terms of political aspirations and the different kind of politicians within the Senate at this time. Just the way that Chuck Wendig laid it out and made us become against politics because I know a lot of people hate on the prequels and everything and a lot of people look at the prequels for just these little tidbit moments. One thing I did like about the prequels was its politics and I loved how George kind of built that out. And bravo again to Chuck Wendig for taking those politics and bringing it back into the novelization itself. Yeah, I mean, the politics has always been the best thing about Star Wars. Uh, it kind of reminds you of today's politics, whether it's in the UK or in America. We never got much of the politics in uh, Force Awakens, although there was that deleted scene with Leia when the New Republic would back her. So there was that deleted scene that I wish you had got that, because then that would have been about the politics. But we understand why, because a lot of the fans weren't big on the politics. They just wanted to see Star Wars the way Star Wars was. If it wasn't for the politics of the prequels, we wouldn't have the Empire in the first place so what comes around goes around I've seen it the politics in this was great. How senators would back each other to vote on who would see Warhol had his people who would back him. To, but he was able to sway them, and how the rest, like the the band of merry men, Sinjor and Jazz, David Tevin and Han, he was involved in that, trying to get the senators to convince to change their vote so that was Simon Mosler to attack the empire. So yeah, it was all like backwards, like backhand, trying to get the other senators to vote with Momota. It was great. It was great to see that. There were some parts of the story where I just wanted to get to it. So there's a bit in the bit, in the bit where Warhol does something. I, I don't, are we going to go any spoilers a wee bit? A bomb goes off in the Senate building where Momota is. And when that happened, and then all of a sudden you had an interlude and what was happening with Jakku. I was like, I want to see see what's happening there. And it it just felt, I was so annoyed. I was like, I've got to wait 50 pages to find out what happened. (laughs) I said, I I wanted to see that. And we got it. We got a resolution in the end that my mother survived, but her other aide had died in the explosion. So yeah, it was just, it was great to see the politics done well and it was done well in bloodlines. And I hope we get to see more of it as we go on and future Star Wars books and comics. And I think our main conversation has to be centered around Jakku itself. Throughout The Force Awakens, Scott, we sat there, and of course we hear Finn say, why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Well, <laughs> guess what, <laughs> Finn? Uh, J- Jakku's got a bigger meaning to it. I'm going to yeah. throw it over to you, Scott. Um, the way Jakku was handled in this book, I thought, was it was almost kind of quietly being sifted through. Like they were choosing the right things to say when it came to Jakku at the right time without spoiling it early on. I was quite, I got a bit confused. It's like, because I heard rumbles about there was something on Jakku and I was kind of getting confused. And then when the Stormtrooper killers came about, I thought, oh, that's what it is. No, it wasn't that. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then we got to the empires, the emperors. Uh, replica ship. I thought it was that. It wasn't that. It was a planet destroyer with an, an observatory. That's what it was. It was planning on breaking the planet apart to destroy both the Empire and the Rebellion together, the new, or the new Republic. So that's what we got. And um, it was nice to see another hut in the story. It was on Nima. Is it, is it Nima? Mm. Which then yeah, became Nima Outpost, which is in the Force Awakens, so a nice nod there. But one thing I did notice is um, the Emperor's replica ship, there was a reference to the Lando comic. Yes. Which I kind of laid out about, so I was like, oh! I was like, oh, and they talked about Sith artifacts on the Brazil ship, so I was like, that's a nice retire. If you, like what we do, we read the comics and the books, and that was just like a, like a wee nod there for us to that I've been paying attention for the last few years. So that was great to get that. Um, but yeah, like, it was quite nice to get a wee bit more of Jakku. And also what was nice is also with the Aftermath trilogy focusing more on Jakku. It's funny how you've got that the that trilogy focusing on Jakku, then you've got Lost Stars, and then in the Poe Dameron book, you've got, is it Trex? I keep... Yeah, Aaron Terrence. Yeah. He talks about Jakku, then you see that in his flashback. So it, mm. everything seems to be connected to Jakku, to this one big moment. But I loved it on Jakku. I, I quite liked it. We've got Jazz, Nora, and Mr. Bones. They're all Jakku. That's what's great about this book as well. It split the very bad rebels, the, that group of people. It split them apart. So snap, you had uh, Sinjor off one area and then you had uh, Jas and Mr Bones and Dora on Jakku so I, I loved that it was separated and they were all trying to get back to each other so that was great to see that but I, I definitely loved it tried to see Rax just so schemey he was just like you didn't know what his master plan was and then you, the more you go into the book you realise that he was doing the Emperor's bidding he didn't believe half of it but he was doing it for the bidding of the Emperor and also this book started off right in Return of the Jedi as well right before it which which was great we get a wee bit of that uh, just before the the final battle at the Death Star the second Death Star so I loved that I just loved it I just loved it seems to be a presence, not necessarily of the Jedi, but of these accolades. These are young children, where there are young children that are working for what seems to be the first coming of the First Order Trooper, and really training them to get ready and to reprogram them as humans in many ways. Tashu is carrying out yet another bidding of the Emperor, from what it seems like to me, to raise this next order. Whether it's dark side users, whether it's force wielders who use their anger to exhibit their true power, it seems like there's a lot of that. And just to see how they fight over that lightsaber, Scott. I want to get your opinion on this. I think they were teasing a specific saber. I don't know, but it seems like there was a real hustle for whatever this this lightsaber was that one of the acolytes was using in this, what I would say is a purge in many ways in the book. Yeah, um, that was in one of the interludes. They were fighting for it. There was rumours, I'm sure it was in, was in the first aftermath mm -hmm. book, they, they was, they was meant to be Vader's lightsaber. And my question is, how the hell did they get Vader's lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> from the Death Star mm. because I'm sure that filled out a shaft yeah it did so how, how did the mouse get Vader's lightsaber that, will, it, will it be in another book I don't know but yeah they were fighting roughly they wanted because he, he was getting all dressed up in the mask and everything yeah 
and one of the they weren't one of them wasn't happy if the older one wasn't happy because he was getting ignored he just he just went for him and the two of them were fighting really hard until they i loved how they did it like holding the lightsaber up and then just Right to the eyes. That's something you see in Game of Thrones. Can yeah. someone just to read that in the book was quite I've never seen that before in the Star Wars. It has been done a few times, but you don't really see it. You just think it's something different. But to, to read it in the book, I was like, these are kids that are just like brutal killers. Brutal yeah. killers. That's how we end up seeing the first order stormtroopers. They become brutal killers. They're not the stormtroopers who just sign up. These are brutal brutal killers. Whether they are, and I would, I'm going to theorise that they are the, the first of the Knights of Red because they, they are on that Star Destroyer heading to the unknown space, wherever that is. They don't put stuff in there for no reason unless it's a C-3PO comic. They put things in there for an absolute reason and fans really want to know about it. That's the whole point. That scene where we finally leave Jakku and they get on whatever is the remaining fleet that was not destroyed at the Battle of Jakku. And they go off into the, the outer regions and even farther into the outer regions within this galaxy and everything. And everybody that's following them very much seemed to me almost like a religious journey for them. Like there's almost something out there. I know we kind of talked about it and Sean and I have talked about it. Palpatine knew, Palpatine knew that there was this outer force out there that when he is gone is going to be able to lead them down a path that can once again reestablish not necessarily the Empire but dark side of the force as a ruling power. In many ways I think Palpatine knew that Rax was not going to make it out of him. He was going to fall with the Empire. Your theory, your point about Jakku being a force-sensitive place, with Rey being on there, because she was a lefty-er, so I, I never really thought Jakku was a force-sensitive place. It never really gave that impression of Morse Awakens. never really gave that impression in the book. I never, I never thought of like, like that. I just, I saw it as like a planet desert. But I did mention it used to be a world with oceans and plant and uh, trees, etc. So we know it was something before. I've got a tiny bit of backstory on Jakku. The, the unknown regions, there was a lot of theories that Gallius Rex was Snoke. Um, I don't think they would do a backstory or have Snoke come into this, into any of the Chaos novels at the moment until episode 8 has been done because we're going to find out more about how Snoke in that in that book. There's a theory going around that the Emperor, it was yours pointing at Robin, about him sensing something out there. Was it Snoke? Because Snoke says that he knew quite a lot about Palpatine. He, if you read the Force Awakens novelization, it gives you a bit more detail. He knew more about Palpatine. He knew more about Vader. So is it possible that he said he was in the Empire? He had been around for a very, very long time. I see the dark face because he's not there on Jakku when the, the last of the Empire leaves to go to that unknown region. And it was a nice call back to Admiral Thrawn. In the book as well, uh, in the unknown regions. That that's that was just a nice wee tip of the hat to people who's watching, and also because he's in Rebels at the moment. What is out there? I want to know. And when I as I was coming home from work today, I was stand, I was thinking about it. I want to know. I want another book only on what's out there. I don't want. I want to have. We're getting a kind of book this year later on with the Empire with that Imperial Squadron. I want a book set after this. But only with Ray Sloan, Brendel Hux, and Young Hux. I want and those acolytes and the Eclipse. That's out there. I want to know what happens because I don't want it to be like I don't want it to be misty. I don't want it to be dark. I want a book. And if Chuck Wendig does that, I will be very, very happy. 
I hope it is Snoke, but I think we'll get that after episode eight when episode eight comes out, and then we'll get that book. If if he does it, I want that book. I want to know what's out there. Where does Sloane end up? We haven't seen her come up in The Force Awakens. We haven't seen her really mentioned yet to be in Episode 8. However, maybe there's some room there that they're going to play that out cinematically now that we've gotten to know her in the books. We don't know that yet. I mean, like you said, Scott, a lot is going to depend on Episode 8. Episode 8 could easily become the centerpiece for the future of Star Wars canon in many ways, in terms of what direction they're going to head down and what their plan is going forward. As you said it yourself, Robin, uh, episode eight is the lunch pinch. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, it definitely is, because that's where, when Force Awakens came out, the canon stuff was quite new at the time. They hadn't done anything post-Jedi, except for a few novels, a few this, a few that. That was it. Not a lot to kind of set your teeth into. So yeah, we got that. But episode eight is where you branch off. You fill in gaps in the history because that's where that's where you're going to forget, get more of the characters' backstory, especially Snoke, especially Luke. I mean, we still haven't had a book on Luke. Luke was made, mentioned very briefly in this. Mm-hmm. He was off looking off traveling, and you you can't really do anything with Luke because you still. You need to have that that right. Luke stuff in episode eight, and that's the one thing that's frustrating me. Unless you can get instead. Because we've all had Luke in the comics between episodes four and five, I want a Luke story set after Jedi. I'm desperate for it. I'm begging Lucasfilm right now to give me that story, and they probably have. Once again, Scott, Star Wars Aftermath, um, Empire's End is a wonderful, wonderful read. Jar Jar Bites, of course. Okay, we get no, we have to talk about it. No, we I do have to talk about it. When I read the app on the bit down and disgust. Nah, I'll not go that far. I was just like <laughs> oh, I was like that. I was kinda of like, really? But I can understand why a lot of this a lot of the theories gonna that Jar Jar was snook. Jar Jar was was bad. Oh. Um I kinda of actually to be fair, he it did mention that he he did say himself that he was responsible for the empire and yep. he was he was a clown who he was even banished by his people again for what he had done. And it's just like this guy's had this guy's very hard times and he's performing for uh, refugee children and one lad comes <laughs> up <laughs> this one lad comes up um to, he, someone speaks to him and says that nobody speaks to Jar Jar and this young lass kind of feels the same way so he goes up and starts talking to Jar 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 tells him about how he was there I'm not going to go any further than that um, if, there's, if there's any one least favourite about this book it was having Jar Jar in there I, 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 I can't even say more than but, um, oh, <laughs> but seriously, um, my best, favourite part was how they burned down that superstar destroyer. That was my favourite part, and also tiny bit. It was nice to see Lando. It was nice Absolutely. to see he was he was he's still cooking about that he wasn't forgotten about because we seemed to in the new canon other than after the Return of the Jedi, we seemed to have forgotten about Lando a wee bit. And I'm kind of glad he uh, he got a nice mention in uh, in the interludes. I know they weren't my favourite part, but I kind of tied up with um, him sending a present to Leia for the, the birth of Ben Solo. Um, there is one point where Han's holding Ben. I don't know if you had this thought, Robin, but I was like, he's going to kill you. <laughs> 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 
you sinister man, you. Oh, man. <laughs> I just need that gun. Yeah, he's holding it. You're holding him. And then, about 20, 30 years, he's going to kill you. There we go. There were some of my favorite parts. I actually got very emotional reading that. I was like, I knew that he was going to kill him, but I was like, oh, my God, this poor guy. Oh, my God. I, 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 I was so upset because just to see him or just to read him holding Ben Solo and knowing that, I, I mean, I wasn't really... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like taunting him in any ways. <laughs> Scott was here. He was like taunting on solo. <laughs> it was so good to my head. It was like, he's going to kill you when he's older. So uh, I feel like saying, kill him now. Kill him now. <laughs> oh, that is good. I don't think I can think of a better way to end the show here other than to tell you guys this is a book that you need to read coming off of Force Awakens. If people are going to just pick up this one, I would recommend reading the first two. Don't go and read it after Empire's End thinking that it's just going to be like a saddle of movie no story or standard book you have to read aftermath then life day dead empires end because you get the the payoffs much better if you just read it like that i saw the third pirates of the caribbean movie and it didn't pay off for me because i just watched the third one with a trilogy always always watch it right read that especially books if you read it the same with any other book hunger games lord of rings etc read aftermath life day and then and then you will get more justice and reward out of it. Please support your local bookseller and pick up whether it's the complete trilogy and you enjoy it and you take your time with it and you really read through. Don't do what Scott and I did and rush through it unless you're a hardcore Star Wars fan. <laughs> take your time with this trilogy. Really enjoy uh, two I say you have to enjoy. You know, get through Aftermath the first one. Get through it. Then get to Life Debt. And then finally get to Empire's End. So again, make sure to head on over to BrickCityBlockadePodcast.blogspot.com and check out uh, Scott Inch's Canon Comic article about how to get into the Canon Comic. Scott, we've got a lot of people making compliments and everything across Google Plus and all these other networks saying that you did a wonderful job with it. And it's a really a great piece of Canon breakdown and everything. I appreciate that. Um, there is a lot. And we've got to, even announced today that there's a Vader comic coming. So... Uh, how he got his lightsaber. I don't know how much that really focuses it, but um, I think it'll be, it'll be nice to get another Vader comic. I'm kind of missing the Vader comic series right now, how it went into great depth about looking for Luke and all that. So I'm kind of missing it. I'm glad we're getting another one. I'm appreciate, I appreciate everybody reading it, and uh, there will be another article coming about the Canon content books. Go over to the website and read it. So, Scott, it's our favourite time of whatever we do here on the Podcast Network. It's a little thing we call... Plug time. That's right. It is plug time here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network talking Star Wars. Mr. Scott Inch, other than reading your article and heading on over there to look at it, where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Scottish at Facebook and on Twitter at Scottish85. I keep forgetting about that. Um, also, another Rebels episode coming up this weekend. Um, can't wait for that, but tease them all. Obi-Wan... Uh, I will have tiles for that, so prepare to see me drenched in drenched weight and covered in tiles just trying to get through that episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, sweating all over the place and uh, having to go oh, for the tension. I can't wait for that. <laughs>
and can't wait for that. And also, I think you should announce uh, a wee bit of good news that we've got to do. You guys can head on over, follow me at Mr. Vote Tweets on Twitter. Make sure to head on over to Instagram, like my page on Instagram. Make sure you like all the Star Wars pictures we're doing. Follow me on there. Head on over to Facebook, like the Brick City Blockade podcast page on Facebook. Make sure, once again, if you're listening on iTunes and everything, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you rate these episodes. We want to know what you guys are pulling from it and what you guys really enjoy about what we're doing here at the podcast network and like scott said we have some wonderful news that's right we're on the campaign road right now make sure to vote for the brick city blockade podcast network under the best new show in the star wars podcast awards 2017 scott this is so awesome we've only been around for 12 months it has been such a gradual progression here at the podcast network adding people like you to our crew here and just to see everything progressing as planned yeah, it was, it was great to get that news. I've been, I've been with you for since January and, uh, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it's kind of boosted my confidence a bit as well. So I was, you know what I was like saying about, oh, YouTube video, I'm not too sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go over, vote for us on the Star Wars Podcast Network thing. What's it called again? It? Yeah, the Star Wars it's, Podcast Awards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go over there, vote for us. It's the best new show and uh, hopefully we win. Yeah, absolutely make sure to head on over there you can find the link on our twitter account you can find it on the blog spot page our review of empires and the newest book in the star wars aftermath series bravo mr chuck wendig and like we say here at the podcast network for scott inch this is robin vote may the force be with you always